Welcome to Project Give Back Connects, an extension of Project Give Back in the classrooms, dedicated to inspiring young students to become empathetic, understanding, and community-minded leaders. Project Give Back Connects offers a dose of inspiration and thoughts for discussion. Each live episode is taped and shared with classroom teachers and their students. Sit back, get cozy, let's get connected. Hello everyone and welcome to episode 16 of Project Give Back Connects. As a teacher, I used to bring Jakey, our son Jacob, into my classes for years. And at first, the students were really nervous. And then they started asking questions. And what I noticed was they kept getting closer and closer and closer to Jakey. As, as they started asking questions, they kind of changed because they saw the person that was in the wheelchair and not the wheelchair that happened to have a person. It just switched, their whole perspective changed. And you know what, that's what Project Give Back is all about. It's about seeing someone, feeling someone, understanding someone. And you know what that is? That's empathy. And we need empathy in our world. We need more and more of it uh, every single day. We've seen that this year and hopefully we will see that forever. Speaking of empathy, today we have, she is known as the queen of empathy. Her last name happens to be Smiley. Isn't that fitting? It's perfect. Kim, Kim Smiley, is a jewelry designer with a purpose. She is an empathy activist and founder of The Empathy Effect, which had 275,000 followers in 75 countries. In June, Kim will be making her TV debut in a new reality show called Social Movement. It's on Amazon Prime and Apple TV. Kim is just so passionate about who she is and what she does. And we are so honored to have her here today. I'm wearing her beautiful jewelry, always decked out. You always, this, these earrings literally weigh nothing. They look like they weigh so much, they weigh nothing. I, whenever you wear her stuff, you just, you just feel pretty. And I, I feel pretty and thank you for that, Kim. But most importantly, you're just so kind and empathetic and uh, please share your story, Kim. Welcome. Thank you for having me, Ellen. I'm really glad to be here. Um, good evening, everyone. Hi, Andrea, you just popped on, nice to see you. So as Ellen said, I am a jewelry designer, but I didn't start that way. I started by working in the nonprofit sector and that's actually where I met Ellen and Melanie was through my work at EJ Federation. Um, jewelry was kind of like a side hustle for me, but the thing that was always most important to me was empathy. And empathy actually started me on a path in the nonprofit sector where my work really focused on helping people who were in situations where they were vulnerable. So either struggling with poverty or addiction or mental health or abuse. And I always had a dream though in the back of my mind to be an artist. And so what I'm doing now is really amazing because it allows me to marry empathy and art and fashion together because of the way my jewelry is produced. But what I wanna to talk to you about tonight is something that is kind of like the passion project that I had my whole life. And I put it into practice in 2015. It was called the empathy effect. And it was an experiment that I launched on Facebook. 
And I had a really, really simple idea. I wanted to test whether empathy was infectious. That was my hypothesis. I believe that empathy was infectious. So just to define empathy a little bit more, empathy is what it means to feel, like Ellen said, what another person is feeling. It's about putting yourself in another person's shoes. So this simple idea that I had that I started in 2015 on Facebook was that empathy is infectious. And I decided to test it on Facebook because I had seen a lot of people being kind of cruel on Facebook and writing comments that were hurtful to other people. And this really struck me. And so I wanted to see if I could use Facebook as a laboratory almost where I would test this hypothesis that I had. And I thought if I could, if I could make empathy infectious on Facebook, I would show that empathy could be infectious anywhere because I found that Facebook was kind of a toxic, cruel environment. So I set out to post once a day at 8 a.m. for 365 days. It would be a year-long experiment, and I posted every day except on Shabbat. And, you know, guys, you never know if something that you're really passionate about in your mind is going to have any resonance or if anyone else is going to care about it. Something that you could think is the coolest thing in the world might not be that interesting to other people, but it's always really important if you have a passion in your heart to go out there and try. And so that's what I did. I didn't know if anyone would care, but I started posting. And on day five of posting, so I posted six days a week. So on the fifth day, it wasn't even a week into it, I posted a story about a doctor named Matthew Morton, whom some of the people on the call know. And Matthew was a gynecologist obstetrician, so he was a baby doctor. And we went to camp together in Montreal. And when he was 32 years old, he was given 18 months to live. He had a brain tumor. And on day five of the empathy effect, it was his 37th birthday. So he beat all the odds in the world and he um, was having his birthday. And the reason why I wanted to profile Matthew on day five is because I wanted to invite the internet to sing him happy birthday. And the reason why I wanted to invite the internet to sing Matthew Morton happy birthday is because he was this extraordinarily empathetic person. So it allowed me to share a little bit of a window into his life. And I shared some of the things that he did as a doctor and as someone who trained other doctors and the empathy that he brought into his practice. And what happened was truly magnificent and extraordinary. I had worked in nonprofit my whole career, but I had never seen something as viral as this. In all different languages, people were sharing it. It was being shared all over the world. It was like this incredible chorus of voices that was coming together to wish a stranger happy birthday. Such a simple thing, such a simple act, but such a beautiful testimony to how united we are despite our differences. You know, obviously we're very unique. Ellen's wearing the empathy bracelet. If you could hold up that empathy bracelet, that bracelet that she's wearing with the different colored stones points to the fact that we're all extremely unique. You know, we're, under, we're every shape and color under the sun. We're different ethnicities. We have different belief systems, but the reality is that empathy really unites us. All people, all cultures really esteem empathy and value empathy. And the fact is no matter how different we are, we're much more interconnected than we are different. So that's what my project sought to do. So on day five, the world took notice of this project and it wasn't because of me, I was just a conduit. I was a catalyst for spreading empathy. It was the stories that I was sharing. 
stories that were local and global, that were very small acts of empathy, like something simple, like a smile to a stranger or giving up your seat on the bus, to things that were incredible and, and, and macro, like finding a cure for a disease. So I would profile these stories every day. And at the end of the experiment, we had over 150,000 followers on Facebook, which was this incredible testament to the power of empathy and the lack of empathy on the web. But what was so interesting about it was that I lit this tiny little candle online, right? And there's so many different things happening online. As you know, there's so many different movements. Like it's hard not to be bombarded by all the noise that there is online. So I did this small act. I was one person, but I invited all these other people to be a part of what I was doing. And, you know, Ellen, as the empathy effect grew, and you were featured on it a couple of times too, as it grew, what began to happen, and this was the most beautiful thing about it, was that it wasn't just me. It became this global community. I called it the Confederacy of Dreamers. And what began happening is that my content began coming from strangers all over the world. I was getting stories from India and Iran and Nepal and Pakistan and the former Soviet Union. People were sharing content with me of empathy that they were witnessing in their own lives. So my point here is that if you light a candle, not only can it illuminate a very dark place, which I in my mind, Facebook was because there was a paucity of empathy on Facebook, but it's the power of holding up a candle where other people could get the spark and how infectious it is, Ellen, when you just do a small act every day, how it can grow and grow exponentially. Because I believe, and I think everyone on this Zoom probably believes too, that goodness is very infectious of course COVID is infectious of course diseases and colds and the flu is infectious but i think even more infectious are things like empathy and kindness and although it's hard in this situation that we're in because there's a lot of mental health issues and people are really struggling and in no way would i ever minimize that i think we need to also really hold true to the fact that there's so much empathy out there and that it's incumbent upon us to be the torchbearers of that message. Um, you know, organizations like Project Give Back, organizations like The Empathy Effect, and I'm mindful of my time, I think I have one more minute. It's so important for us to share this with the world. And just the final message that I wanna leave you with is that in 2013, the most popular word in the English language was selfie. And I think that this opportunity that we're in now is an opportunity for us to stand back and to really focus on the unselfie. And what I mean by the unselfie is it's kind of what Ellen does, is it's shining a light on the extraordinary work and the extraordinary of kindness of other people. That's what I really hope that the internet can be used for more and more, is not shining a light on ourselves, but shining a light on the beauty that is around us. Because if we start taking our cameras and looking outward instead of turning them onto ourselves, it's just amazing how it illuminates you, Ellen, and it, it just spreads. It's like infectious, like there's just gonna be more joy, more kindness, more beauty, all of these things that we really need right now because of the darkness of COVID. Um, you know, that would be just my final message is, is again, is it, it's, 
you know, it's the acts of kindness, Ellen. Like it's it's the um, the empathy pledge. Like on the final day, this is I'm really going to end it here, Ellen. But on the final day of the empathy effect, day 365, we launched something called the empathy pledge, and it was such a simple idea. But my experiment was very simple. But the idea of the empathy pledge is that all we need to do to heal the world and heal the fractures in the world is practice one act of deliberate empathy or kindness a day because if we could do that the ripple effects of those acts of kindness could truly be transformational i think in really healing the world and bringing so much more light to the world thanks alan oh kim wow thank you thank you so much for sharing your message and you are infectious <laughs> that, that smile and what goes on in that head of yours and just keep creating, keep changing. Can't wait to see your TV show, which is coming up and see how you're gonna solve some of the world's social problems. That's gonna be something, but uh, keep your eye out for this one, guys. And, and thank you for being a guest and, and inspiring so many of our students. Thanks, Kim. Thank you so much, Ellen. Thanks for having me. So as you know, every episode we feature young singer-songwriters who are making an impact and it's exactly what Kim was talking about. They are taking their gifts and giving them away, turn, giving them to the world. Well, these two, you got to meet them earlier uh, at the beginning of our Project Give Back Connects and they're back. But they used to come to sing to Jakey all the time. And now we see them every Sunday on our Zoom jams and they are so spectacular. Um, welcome, Sister Sensation, Abby and Sarah. They're going to perform today. Hi, everyone. First, I just want to say thank you to Ellen for the introduction and for having us. Um, we really enjoyed being a part of Project Give Back in the past, and we're so excited to be back. Um, so the song that we're going to sing today is an original song that we wrote a couple years ago with our guitar teacher. And it's about how at times you can feel really alone and like the world is against you, but at the end of the day, you're not alone and there are always people there who understand and support you. And it's called On My Own.
You know, just your voices together, girls, that is empathy. Like it's pure empathy when you sing because you feel each other and it's just, it's perfection. Like it is, it's so beautiful. Honestly, I, I can't think of anything more beautiful. Thank you, both of you. Hope you'll come back again. Please, please, please. <laughs> that was so good. Thanks, thank guys. you. We'll come back anytime you ask. <laughs> Thank you guys. <laughs> so you can see I have a real crush on them. Jakey did and, and I do too. <laughs> so every week we have a shining star. This shining star today, we go back a while. Erin was in one of our classes when she was in grade six. And when she had graduated from Project Give Back a few years later, she won the Joey Award which is an award that we give out every year in honor of our very close friend, Joey Goodbaum. And it's to someone who's continuing to make a huge impact in the world. Well, since then, she received the Cantor Cross Catalyst for Change Award by Prime Minister Trudeau. And she recently received the highest accolade for a young person in social action, the Diana. Princess of Wales Memorial Award. Right now, she's zooming in from London where she is in med school. Erin, we are so proud of you. Welcome to Project Give Back is our shining star. Hi, Ellen. Thank you so much for inviting me. I'm so honored. Um, so when I first heard of Project Give Back, I was only 11 years old and Amy Greenberg came into my sixth grade classroom and asked me to find my heart. And Ellen, your concept for Project Give Back inspired me then and continues to inspire me today. I was drawn to you, as I'm sure everyone else here was, by your concept of giving back. But what's really amazing is that you've held us all close over the years. And what you do isn't a one-time thing. And you've taught me that it isn't something that you do one year at school and then just forget about. It's something that can last a lifetime and everyone who's lucky enough to know you and to have been a part of Project Give Back. So thank you so much for everything. You're honestly the best. Um, so back in sixth grade, I did an activity with my class where everyone was given a paper star and asked to write down a dream that we wanted to achieve. And regardless of your age, everyone has a dream for the future. So I just wanna ask everyone to take a second and think of what your big wishes for the future, what something that you really want to achieve and that you're excited to achieve. And now I want to introduce to you this girl named Lily Friedman. She was born in August, 1934 and lived in Romania with her parents and her older sister, Judith. 
Unfortunately, there's very little documented about her, but I imagine she had hopes and dreams and a beautiful life, just like all of us do, until one day everything changed. She and her family were ultimately taken to Auschwitz and they never came back. She was only 10 years old when her life was taken. She had dreams just like me and just like you. She had the potential to achieve anything she wanted, but all her dreams were cut short simply because she was Jewish. So I want you all to think about your dreams and just imagine if suddenly those were all taken away and your future was simply stolen from you. It's just heartbreaking to imagine. I learned about Lily Friedman through the twinning program at the Canadian Society for Yad Vashem. The Yad Vashem has a database of all the people who lived and died in the Holocaust and their twinning program pairs bar and bat mitzvah children to um, children who didn't get to celebrate their bar or bat mitzvah. Um, I was paired with Lily Friedman because my middle name is Lily and after learning about her, I decided to dedicate my bat mitzvah to her. And after I, and since then, I tell everybody I can about her story. So you have to know that the school I went to, Habergold College, had a really diverse student population. We all came from really different backgrounds and I was one of only maybe three Jewish students in my grade. Nobody in my class had ever heard of the Holocaust before I did my presentation back in sixth grade because it wasn't a subject that was taught in the junior grades. I, they probably didn't think that children my age could handle the topic, but my classmates were shocked by Lily's story and by the fact that at least 1.5 million children were killed in the Holocaust. My classmates had so many questions that I couldn't answer, especially at that age. Um, but at least they heard about it and I got them thinking about it and caring about it. We talked about stereotyping and bullying and we discussed concrete ways to change our own behavior and develop the skills we need and learn the words to use and what not to use so that we can treat people better, even if we think they're very different from us. And that's when it dawned on me that there are so many kids out there who have no idea about the Holocaust. And I just knew I had to tell more people about it. I had to tell more people about Lily Friedman. And I felt it was very important to tell people who weren't Jewish because it's something that affects all of us. So I went back to the Canadian Society for Yad Vashem and I told them I had this idea to start a program to visit other schools and introduce young people to the story of the Holocaust. I wanted to help them see that we can't forget the past, but we need to learn from the past in order to change the future. So they appointed me the ambassador for the twinning program. So long story short, over my high school years, I've been visited various schools across the GTA and introduced young people to the twinning program and to the lessons of the Holocaust. I invited Holocaust survivors to my own school to speak and I took busloads of kids to Ottawa to participate in the National Holocaust Remembrance Day ceremony and to participate in the Ambassadors for Change Symposium where Holocaust survivors sit with a group of students and you get to listen to their story and learn from them and realize that these are real people just like yourself. And then we talked about how to recognize the stereotypical and hurtful language we use and how every one of us can make small changes that can make a big difference and go a long way towards creating a kinder future. So 
For this work, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau gave me the Catalyst for Change Award, which was really special. And shortly afterwards, Ellen honored me with the first ever Joey Award, which was so special to me because I know how many students have participated in Project Give Back by that time. And there were so many deserving students and I was so honored to have been chosen. So thank you so much, Ellen. And last year, I received the Princess Diana Award, which was given, which has given me international recognition and a platform to reach even more people with my message. But it has been a difficult year because of the pandemic, so I've been a little limited to working with people I already know. I'm happy to say I've just introduced an award at my high school called the Catalyst for Change Award, which I named after the award I received. The award will be presented annually to recognize a graduating student who puts her heart into anti-racism awareness, equity, diversity, and inclusion. All those lessons we have learned from the Holocaust so that we can build a kinder future for all of us. My hope is to inspire other young people to continue to spread this important message of anti-racism, anti-Semitism, and inclusion. My hope is to get more schools involved and expand this award to other independent schools and hopefully even public schools across the GTA. So that's pretty much my story so far. Ellen, every time you bring me back, I feel so energized and inspired to do more and to continue giving back. So thank you so much for inviting me. Thanks. Erin, you're so inspiring. You are so, you are something. Oh my gosh, we're just gonna keep following you because. The more we do, the better we are. So thank you so much. And good luck in med school. Oh my gosh, I can't believe. I, she's a woman. Oh my, she's a woman. We knew her as a little girl. It's just, wow, 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 wow. And an amazing one at that. Thank you, Erin, so much. Oh, Lindsay, it's time for Kindness Corner with Lindsay. Hi, last time I spoke to you all about the learning kits that One to Give was collecting. We have packed over 700 kits and we're currently distributing them to students all over Toronto. Um, and as summer comes ahead, we're thinking about, you know, what's a safe outlet for kids who really need to get outside and who need to get out of their head and have fun. And a bike is really the answer. Last year during the pandemic, there was this amazing teacher named Janice in Malton. Malton's a community of a lot of newcomers to Canada and a lot of single parent households. Malton's right by the airport. And as Janice was calling her high school students and seeing, you know, how are things doing? They kept saying, you know, they're feeling down, they're having a hard time. And she said, you have to get out, go on a bike ride. And the kids kept saying the same thing. I don't have a bike. And that inspired Janice to start collecting bikes. And myself and my friend Carrie Holland said, our community wants to help your community. And always, right? Someone's always in the background. Um, so we collected last year tons of bikes for all ages. Because although Janice teaches high school, she'll also give out bikes to kids in the area, siblings. We're next week at Forest Hill Arena, we're collecting bikes of all ages, helmets, bike locks. We have all the information on our Instagram at one to give to And we just really wanna give these teenagers and their siblings in this community a fun and safe summer. 
Well, everyone, that's our show for tonight. Kim, Aaron, Abby, and Sarah, Lindsay, all of you, thank you for coming. Let's embrace each other. Let's be kind to one another. Let's learn from one another. And we'll see you in two weeks. Bye, everyone. Thank you so much. Open your heart today.